Hi, this is a message from Life Church Leeds. We hope it encourages and helps you. Well, I want to turn to Hebrews chapter 9. I'm going to read 15 verses in the Bible. I'd love to say that this is a Mother's Day message, but in fact, it's not really that much of a Mother's Day message. Um, but I hope every mother in here is going to be blessed still by what I say. Hebrews 9, verse 1 to 15. It says this. Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up. And in its first room were the lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered ark of the covenant. This ark contained the gold jar of manna. Aaron's staff that had budded and the stone tablets of the covenant above the ark were the cherubim of the glory overshadowing the atonement covenant cover. But we cannot discuss these things in detail now. When everything had been rearranged like, arranged like this, the priest entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. Verse 7, but only the high priest entered the inner room and that was only once a year and never without blood which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance the holy spirit was showing by this that way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning this is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings. External regulations apply until the time of the new order. How many of you are a little bit confused about what I'm saying? But verse 11. But when Christ came. That's important. I love that. You know what the word but means in that Greek? It literally means to zero something. So it means whatever has come before, but means to zero, to sort of reestablish. But when Christ came as the high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal Redemption. But for Jesus. And then I want to just read a few verses in the book of Luke, chapter 14. And then we're going to connect these two passages together. Is that okay? Luke, chapter 14. So we're doing a little bit of a Bible study, and then we're going to connect these passages together. And I think it hopefully will make sense. Luke 14, verse 15. Jesus speaking. He says, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, but a certain man was preparing a great banquet, a KFC banquet, and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. 
Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. But that verse before that, go out to all the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house would be full. Then if you've ever been to a wedding and there is an awkward moment when you realize your name is not on the board at the guest list. <laughs> Normally it is, I know, but one of the pranks I like to play on some of my friends is when I arrive and you know you go to a wedding and sometimes you'll see the board on like an easel and it will have like the table plan. One of the things I love to do, and I did this at Johnny and Kalani's wedding with a few people who were a little bit confused. Am I invited to the reception or am I invited to the evening do? I'm a little bit unclear. How many of you are sometimes unclear? And you're like, I'm not sure if it's the whole thing or I'm not sure if it's just a portion of the thing. I'm confused. But you don't want to ask the bride and groom because you don't want to be like weird and presumptuous and go, am I invited to this or this? And then they have to go, just the evening. Because then you realize you're a friend, but you're not that good a friend. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. You can't afford to pay £12 for a meal for them to come, so you're going to put them in the evening instead of the day. And I know there's capacity issues, and I know there's a whole heap of things, but some of you get an invite, and it says, we want you to come to the ceremony at 12, and the evening do at 8. And you're like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> I'm either all in or all out. I'm just joking, you know. But I love playing some pranks and sometimes going up to people who have turned up for the reception and go, I don't know how to say this, but your name's not on the list. <laughs> to see their faces. Or when they get to their table to take away their little name tag, and so they're walking around the table three few times, their name's not on it, and now they're going to you know, just sort of walk around because they're not sure. Because there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than not being invited to something when you want to be invited to something. It's like when you go to a party or you don't go to the party, but you find out about the party on Instagram and everyone's doing these Insta stories and the music's pumping and they're having a great time and you're at home watching the one show. That's when life gets sad, when you're watching the one show, BBC One, seven o'clock. And you see everyone else having a good time and you're like, I didn't even get an invite. And then you comment, oh, it looks like you're having a great time, guys. With a little party emoji. Woohoo! But you know you weren't invited. I remember a couple of years ago, I'm still a little bit wounded by this. Fee Baxter had a party and she didn't invite me or Abs to the party. She thought we were too old for the party. She thought we wouldn't want to come to the party. And then I find out about it and everyone's like, yeah, the amazing party. Yeah, we had slur. And it was like, wow. Wounded. Or for those students in here and you have your name on the guest list at the local, local club in town and the promoter in Leeds has said, I'm going to put you on the guest list. I have that power. And then you turn up with all your mates and go, our name's on the guest list. And you go there and the man, the security man's looking through the list. and What's your name? Joy Moore. Let me have a look. 
Nope. I'm Joy Moore. <laughs> Sorry. What's your name? Joy. Joy, your name's not on the list. And if your name's not on the list, you're not coming in. <laughs> How many of you have been there in those awkward times and you just have to do the turn around the walk of shame and go, okay, it's clearly not included or invited. The joy when you're invited and included, but the sorrow when it's not. All of us human beings have a desire to be included and to be invited. In fact, I think exclusion is one of the hardest emotions you have to deal with as a human being. When you're excluded from a certain thing, and I know there's reasons why sometimes we are excluded from certain things and parties and places and environments, but there's nothing worse than seeing everyone else go off to eat somewhere and you're on your own and you haven't been invited, you haven't been included. That is not the heart of God. The heart of God is not to exclude anyone, anyone. And sometimes you're responsible, yeah, well, I didn't want to go anyway. (laughs) But you know you did. And you try and cover the hurt, you try and sometimes cover the wound with this sort of like, well, it's just how it is anyway. And he sort of, I understand. And, you know, as you are, as you are sat there waiting for the invitation, the invitation just sometimes doesn't come. Because it's more than the fact that your name has not been on the list. It's more to do that someone has not thought about you or they have thought about you but have still discarded you. That's, I think, where it hurts. That I didn't even come into this person's process of thinking, or maybe I did, and yet I've still been rejected. And I want to tell every single person who is sat here today, maybe here for the first time or the hundredth of, of time, that you have not been discarded from the kingdom of God, but you have been included. Every single one of you is included in this relationship with God. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you might feel, no matter how unworthy of the invitation you might feel, you have been included and invited into this banquet with God. You see, the kingdom of God does not have a guest list with limited numbers on it. It doesn't have 180 and then we've got to stop. The kingdom of God has a guest list and every single one of you is on the list. Every single one in our city is in fact included and invited onto the guest list. Every human being on this planet, there is a name, an invitation for them to be part of this banquet with God. I think that's why in John chapter 3 verse 16, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, it says, For God so loved the world... That whosoever, it doesn't say a certain portion of the population, doesn't say a certain race, background, ethnicity, thought process, lever, remainer. It doesn't say any of that. It just says, whosoever would believe in him, you are invited to the party. You are included on the list. The invite has been sent out and it is your choice to respond. And as we get into Easter over these next few weeks, I want to help us all understand something in here that you have been invited and included. But we want to help you 
let the whole city know that they too have been invited and included into this great banquet. Because some of them can perceive the church to be quite exclusive. Some of them can perceive the church to be for a certain person, a certain type of person. You know, those people who really need Jesus and their life's a little bit unstable. And so therefore I crutch onto Jesus because without him, I can't get through this thing. And, and it's, the reality is without him, we can't get through this thing. But that's not just a few of us, that's all of us. Sometimes we have a certain perception of the church, of of who it would be for and who it wouldn't be for. And when you are taking these invitations, some of you have a list of who you are going to invite. And some of you have discarded people from the list because you think they won't say yes. Or some of you would go, well, I wouldn't even bother inviting that person because I know what their answer is going to be. They're always busy on a Friday night. No way are they going to want to come on a Sunday. And even if they did, I'm not sure I'd want them to come anyway. We all have our lists of who we think is prime for the invitation. But yet this passage that we read that Jesus is using as a parable is saying, the guest list that you have, you need to tear it up. (laughs) You need to tear it up. And in these few minutes that I have with with us today, as we draw this service to a close, these next few minutes, I want to help us understand that phrase, tear up the guest list. When it comes to who might come, who would be included, who would say yes, and who would say no, whatever list it is, you need to tear it up. Remember me and Abs were preparing our list for our wedding, and we look back now, and we're like, wow, why did they come? And they came because they were in our world. But I remember, you know, having to chat with parents, and it was complicated because they wanted some great auntie from somewhere, like who we don't know, but like we need them to come. Well, if they come, we're going to have to take someone off because we only have a limited number of people. And we're going through this list like with a fine detail and a fine tooth comb because you have limited resources and limited seating. (laughs) So you have to make decisions. The thing about in the kingdom of God, there is no such thing as limited resources and there is no such thing as limited seating. His grace doesn't run out. His mercy is not in short supply. There is a seat for every single human being at the table in this banquet. So therefore, we might as well tear up the guest list and go, whoever wants to come to our wedding, you might as well come. We're going to feed you all. And sometimes we have such a narrow thinking in our understanding and perception of what the kingdom of God is. And I want to help break that a little bit and go, whosoever, you are invited. But in that first passage that I read in the book of Hebrews, we read how before Christ, because how many of you know where it says, but because of Christ came. But before Christ, in the Old Testament, there were very strict rules as to who was invited to come close and who would be excluded and asked to stay away. And so the Jewish faith meant that there were those who were allowed into different parts of the temple courts. And I'm going to do a brief history lesson right now with you in a couple of minutes. Is that all right? And so can I have... Uh, I'm just going to call you out. So... Uh, all of, you, all of you five, can you come and stand down here? Ty, uh, all of you five. Yeah, that's fine. And then uh, just, come and, just come and all stand here. And then can I have uh, Johnny and John and John's friend? You're included, my friend. 
and let's go, uh, Demi, Eddie, I mean Luke, <laughs> Austin, you can come as well. Okay, Richard, you can come. Okay, how many have we got here? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, Sam, you can come, and can you come as well? Okay, fantastic. Here are my Jewish friends. Okay, these are my Jewish friends, and what's going to happen, we're going to go on a little bit of a journey just for a couple of minutes. Is that okay? Because here on my diagram on the screen is the diagram of the temple courts. Okay, I know many of you can't see it. But for those of you that wanted to come to Easter in the temple courts, okay, that's cool. Let's, let's go. Okay, are you ready? So we're going to go on a little walk around our temple courts here on Kirkstall Road. Okay, so you don't have to be in an orderly line. Okay, but just, just follow me as I follow Christ. Is that okay? Okay, so come up here. We're going to go. And uh, we're all coming. Why? Because we're all invited. Because we're all around the gates. And uh, oh, it's good to see you. You haven't been in church for a while. No, it's good. To, I'm just joking. It's good. To, good to see you. Oh, who's there? We are. Okay. Good to see you. This is like past, quite pastoral, this is right now. Okay. Uh, here we are. Now, here we get to a point, okay, where everyone could enter the outer court, okay? But only Jews could go further. Okay, so you're all, everyone's allowed on the outer court, no matter what you believe, no matter what you think, everyone can come. But if we want to go further, I'm sorry, but only, only Jews can go. And um, you're not Jewish, and you're not Jewish, and you're not Jewish. So can you go and sit back down? Fantastic, but you're not able to come any further. But the rest of you, come on, we're going to have a good time. Good to see you. What's your name? Simon. Simon. Good to meet you, Simon. And? Uh, Charlie. Charlie, this is good. I'm enjoying This is like a welcome lounge. And then we get a little bit further here, and um, here we find in the, if you see on the diagram, here we find uh, a place where Jewish women could come, but unfortunately Jewish women weren't allowed to go any further. Okay, these were certain courts. It was just a, t- it was just a sign of the times, okay? It was just, uh, you know, it's nothing, nothing against me and you, like, we're still friends, yeah? Cool, okay. But if you're a girl in here, not you, John, but the rest of you... Um, <laughs> you're a girl in here, so that's all of you at the back and yourself. You can't come any further, okay? But um, give the girls a round of applause, but you can, you can go back home and uh, open your jars and read your promises and have a great day watching Liverpool Spurs at 4.30 today. Okay, but the rest of you guys, you can come on because you're men. You're men. And you're able to come a little bit further. And so Jewish men could go as far as the court of Israel, okay? So you're blessed. Like, you're, like, you're right in the middle of those courts now, okay? You, you guys are Jewish men. You guys are good. But only priests could enter the court, okay, of the priests, okay? So only, only, only a few of you, and not all of you are um, priests, okay? You're a priest, and you're a priest, and you're a priest, But you guys aren't priests, okay? You guys aren't priests. So you go and sit down, but you're not allowed to go any further. Can you go that way around, please? Because this is special entrance around here. Um, only priests, only priests can come here. So priests, come with me, okay? Because you're, you're priests, like, you're, you're good. All right, Martin, good to see you. Good win for Leeds yesterday, wasn't it? Come on. Priests, come here. Okay, and now, like, we're right in the middle of it here, but at the heart of the temple, okay, is the Holy of Holies, Okay, is the Holy of Holies. Now, I'd love to take all of you into the Holy of Holies, but 
Jewish law just got back. Wow, you took your time. <laughs> did you go to the toilet on the way back, did you? Hope you didn't use the Jewish one. I oh, know you. <laughs> Only one of you is allowed into the Holy of Holies. So you're priests, you're good, you're good people, you're great people. You've gone a lot farther than those, you remember those people you had to say bye to over there? That was awkward. Okay. And then the girls that we said bye to. But you guys have come forward. But only one of you is the high priest, okay? And you're a priest, but you're not yet the high priest. So, and, um, and, and, and you're a priest, but you're not yet the high priest. And you're a priest, but you're not yet the high priest. Good job. But you can go and sit down. <laughs> But you, my friend, can come with me because he is the great high priest. And so he finds himself in the Holy of Holies. How does it feel? Feels great, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have to deal, do you ever have to deal with, like, pride? Not really. <laughs> pride. Um... Like, we started off all together. There's 15 of us on the list. But before Christ, like, this list got narrower and narrower. And you'd go, and I want to go further, and I want to go into the presence of God. Well, few of you can come there. Well, I want to go into the holy of holies. Actually, 14 of you are discarded from that. And the Bible says once a year, this high priest can enter in the Holy of Holies, make a sacrifice on our behalf and represent us, but only he can do it. It was exclusive and you were either in or you were out. Give Demi Oshin a round of applause, the high priest. <laughs> and so when Jesus is sharing this parable Guess where he is sharing this parable? He is in a Pharisee's house. Context. We read it in Hebrews. We know what we just, we have just done a diagram of uh, an illustration of what we read in Hebrews. But now Jesus is reading this parable and he's in a Pharisee's house. How rude. <laughs> to basically say that it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to be allowed to have a banquet with the master of the banquet, a metaphor for God himself. Because in the Pharisee's house, they know it is only the high priest who can do that. And they know it is only the priest who they might have been one of them who are allowed into the sort of like the next closest place. And then there's guys who can come into the court and then the women are gone. And then those who are not Jewish are gone even before that. And Jesus is rude enough, if we use that term, bold enough to say in the Pharisees' house who were staunch keepers of the law that they were God's chosen people and now another Jew who is Jesus is in the house saying all of the waves and all of the straits the crippled and the lame and those who are discarded from society, those who have been left, because right now in the UK, I still know there's still exclusion and there's still not necessarily equality when it comes to disability or when it comes to different forms of um, sexuality and all kinds of things. There's inequality in our society still. 
But when Jesus is speaking this, if you were crippled or lame, there wasn't like health care, there wasn't social care, there wasn't benefits to help you, there wasn't support structures in place. You were on your own. There was no chance you would ever be invited or included into, into even an aspect of the temple courts. The holy of holies, no way. And yet God is saying, I mean, Jesus is saying, bring them in. And the Pharisees have this high opinion of themselves and look down on people often. And as a result of that, they've drifted from God's heart. And it's sometimes like if you've ever been to a dinner party and you feel like you shouldn't be there, you feel like you're the odd one out. Everyone's having a certain conversation about something, but you're like, you don't even get it. They've sort of decided to play a game without you. And like you're there, but you're not really there. And Jesus is saying the doors are about to swing open to the whole of society. Because this certain man, the master, God himself, is preparing a great banquet. It is a feast and it is awesome. This isn't Subway. This is the finest steak that he is preparing. And when God prepares destiny for you, he doesn't use leftover ingredients. It is the best of the best. Best of the best. (laughs) Best of the best. Don't allow that to go on YouTube. (laughs) Although if it was chicken, the best of the breast chicken would also be an aspect. Every detail, every detail has been thought of, just like a wedding. We know what's happening then, we know what's happening then, we know everything's been thought of. Why? Because God has prepared that for you. And maybe you think you've been missed off the list, but you need to know you are on the list and the feast is good. You see, Israel has been invited and the, is, the invites have gone out. Then just before it begins, cancellations start coming in, excuses. Sorry, I've just bought a field. Sorry, I've just bought some oxen. Sorry, I've just got married. Like legit excuses. But other things have taken priorities of a banquet with the Father. Isn't it amazing in life how often other things can take priorities of having a banquet with the Father? And I want to encourage you, whenever the Father invites you to the banquet, drop everything and get there. Whenever God is inviting you to a deeper relationship, drop everything and get there. Whenever God is prompting something on your heart, drop everything and get there. Because Israel, for time and time again, they've taken their eyes off the Father, but yet the Father continually prepares this banquet for Israel, the people of God. And the master now tells the servant, I'm fed up. Because those who have been invited and those who are on the list are too busy to come. Those who have been included are like, yeah, hmm, Easter, hmm. Good Friday. It's good. Been there, seen it, done it. But yet the master says, go and invite those who everybody perceived would be excluded. Those who you think would never be at such a banquet. The poor, the lame, the blind. Those who never tick the box of who would be perceived to go. Go and invite them. Because those who were excluded from coming in are now going to be welcomed in. 
and there's still room. And the master goes out and says, compel them to come in. Compelling is different to inviting. Do you live a compelling life? Does your invitation to the things of God compel people? Compel means to force or to oblige. And we don't want to force or pressurize anybody. But I think what the master is saying, this banquet is too good just to invite them and go, hey, hope you can come here in a couple of weeks. See ya. The banquet is too good just to go, it's happening soon. You need to compel people. This is the most significant weekend of our faith. This is the weekend that changed everything. Can I invite you to something that has the power to open your eyes and see things differently? See you there is not good enough. I'll bring you with me is what it takes. I'll pick you up. I'll take you for dinner. I'll do whatever it takes. See you there, yeah, LS3, 1HD, you can park near, bye-bye. No, it's not good enough. I need to compel you. Jesus says, go and bring them in. Go and bring them in to the banquet. Because there are people this Easter that will not come to anything if we only invite them. We must also compel them. Because something about your life that becomes irresistible to miss out on. Those people that keep asking you the questions, those people that keep noticing how you react differently, those people who keep sort of identifying there's something different about you. The banquet is the grace. It is the mercy. It is the purpose of God. And this life is too good for an ignored RSVP. You see, there are people in your world who you think would never be interested in this, but actually that is exactly who God is asking you to compel. And I believe what is blocking people from the banquet this Easter can be torn in two in Jesus' name. You see, what has been an eternity for them can be opened in a moment. You see, this parable that Jesus is speaking is prophetic because he hasn't died yet. He's unaware that a curtain is about to tear in two in the actual temple. You see, the Pharisees don't understand because it's always been about them. But now Jesus is speaking with the love of God. It is about to show itself to the world at Easter time. And in nine chapters later from Luke chapter 13, Jesus is hanging on a cross, giving up his life, not just for Israel, but also for me and you. And in Luke 23, verse 44 to 45, as he breathes his last breath, look what it says. It was about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. This curtain that separated the invited and the uninvited, this curtain that only Demi could enter, Because everybody else was excluded from it. Jesus sacrifices his love, his life. Blood is spilt down his body. And the curtain in the temple tears in two. It is almost like God has the guest list in his hand. 
and has gone, I'm tearing up the guest list. I'm tearing up the guest list. You couldn't go, now you can go. You weren't invited, now you're invited. It's not just for you, you and you. It is now for whosoever would believe. I love it. This curtain tears, this guest list is torn. You see, this banquet is now for the whole of Leeds. It's not just for certain people at certain stages. It is for the whole of Leeds and everybody. And we are the servants of God sent out to compel people to come in. You see, two verses before the curtain tears, there is a criminal, criminal on the cross. He is a thief. And he has been excluded from the banquet. He is moments away from being excluded for good. And at the last minute, because of his openness, in a breathless conversation with Jesus, he receives an invite to the banquet. And he says, yes. And Jesus says, truly I tell you, you might have been a thief, You might be the crippled one because of your life. But today you'll be with me in paradise. And when the curtain tears, you can go to the heart of God. You can go right to the presence of God. No matter your sin, no matter your brokenness, no matter what has gone on, no matter who you think you are, you are now included. Whether you're a woman, whether you're Jewish, whether you're non-Jewish, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're rich or you're poor, the guest list is torn in two and you are invited. And I'm trying to hammer this home today over these last few weeks because God is really on my case personally. And just because he's on my case, that doesn't necessarily mean he's on all of our cases. But I'm really aware that what God has established for us is for more than just us. And this isn't about filling this room. This is about populating heaven. Because God has called us to go and win souls, to go and reach souls. And I know some of us might be a little bit in our faith, a little bit shy about it. I get that. I'm there sometimes. And you might think, yeah, but you're bold like this. But I'm not bold in every context. I sometimes find it as hard as you do to get the invite and go, oh my gosh. I find it hard with my football team. I find it hard with the people I know. I don't find it easy. But I'm not sure it will ever be easy. Why? Because there is a battle going on here between life and death. There is a battle here between the kingdom of darkness and between the kingdom of light. That's why there is resistance to those things that you feel compelled to do. It's not just going to be easy. Everyone's just going to flood in. They're not all just going to flood in. A Facebook ad is not going to flood this room with unsaved souls. We have to compel them with our life, with the Holy Spirit working within us to invite everybody to the banquet. So therefore, whoever is on your guest list, tear it up. Because the reality is we shouldn't even be on that list ourselves. It is only because of Jesus that he includes us. And every single one of you has a name on that list. 
And every single one of your neighbours is on that list. And every single one of your work colleagues is on that list. Can we see them differently? Can we view them differently? Can we be like the master of the banquet who says, hey, go out, bring them all in. Bring them all in. I don't care about excuses. Bring them all in. Bring them all in. In Jesus' name, amen.